no mai hari mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Drift and Traffic for you. Due to surface flooding at Nuhaka near the intersection with Manga One Road, road users are advised to exercise caution in the area and adhere to temporary speed restrictions in place. That's Hawke's Bay, State Highway to Nuhaka. Also, due to continued rock face stabilisation activity, please expect delays of up to a quarter of an hour between Queenstown and Kingston, uh, 8am to 5pm daily until Friday, May 19th. Also, just to hand some news in, um, the uh, owner of Loafers Lodge, Greg Mine, he's doing a stand-up and he says that he is gutted following Tuesday's fatal fly, fire. Rather, Greg Mine says his management team have been assisting police with their inquiries if there are any other updates uh, on uh, the fire. We will, and that happened in Wellington, we will uh, keep in touch with you on that. And today, in the wake of the devastating fire at Loafers Lodge yesterday, there is growing focus on fire safety in multi-storey occupied buildings. The Prime Minister has today asked the Housing Minister to look at whether building regulations for high-density accommodation are fit for purpose. We discussed this with Dr Colleen Wade, who is Director of the Fire Research Group. That's just after form. Waka Kotahi has not been factoring in climate change and as a result, the cost of emergency work is skyrocketing. Are some roads possibly unsustainable? Also on the panel, an application for Christchurch's water to be exempt from chlorine. That's been turned down. Now, the World Health Organization says chlorine in water is widely regarded as one of the most significant public health interventions. The Christchurch mayor doesn't want it. And with so much negativity about Gore, I thought, well, what's good about it? It's the birthplace of Jenny Shipley and Mike Puru, but what else? Text me, 2101, and your wish list in the budget tomorrow. Let's make a panel wish list, people. Free dental care, flat 18% tax for all, a ring-fenced pothole fund, a wealth tax, free annual ice creams, what is it? Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. On today, Nikki Bazant, writer, journalist, speaker, author. Kia ora, Nikki. Kia ora, Wallace. And Nick Leggett, Chief Executive of Infrastructure NZ. Nick, welcome. Kia ora. Now, Road Safety Week. And yesterday on the show, we discussed the prospect of lowering speed limits to save lives. A lot of feedback, lots of feedback. So we decided let's continue the chat. Road Safety Education has put out the latest stats revealing that the number of young people dying on our roads is on the rise. And according to their figures, last year there were 377 fatalities on our roads, up 59 from 2021. Of those fatalities, 127 were aged between 15 and 30. With us is Maria Lovelock, Road Safety Education General Manager. Maria, welcome. Kia ora. Big increase. Why are young people overrepresented here? Look, I think there's a range of factors. Um, obviously, inexperience is one of them, and then they're often also driving um, tired or with friends or with phones and distractions and things like that which they just don't have the experience to manage so those things all kind of go into the increase of and why they're so at risk Does the answer lie also in some type of more road safety education, whatever that looks like, be it at schools colleges or indeed campaigns? 
I, I think obviously that's what we do. So I have a vested interest to say yes, it does. But I think it's a, a system approach. We, I think it has to be coming from all angles. So education is definitely a key part of that, but also um, getting them to buy safer cars, improving our infrastructure on the networks, having advertising campaigns that reinforce those messages, all those things work together. Okay, Road Safety Week. Nikki? This got me thinking, actually, um, because young drivers aren't driving in isolation. There's a whole lot of other drivers out there on the road who are older and more experienced. But I think back to when I learned to drive, you know, Wallace, at 15, with no when there was no learner's... Or, 15? Yeah, you know, no learner's permits or oh. probation period or anything like that that they have now. And I didn't, I was terrified. I didn't know what I was doing. And I think a lot of us in midlife, our age and older, have probably got into some pretty bad habits with our driving. And is there some merit? I wonder if Maria's got an opinion about this. Is there some merit in some kind of driving refresher for midlife oh. people to get us, to actually get us up to scratch? A driver refresher, Maria. <laughs> That's a really good point, actually, because with our program, we have volunteers coming in from Rotary. So obviously, they're in the older age group generally, um, and then also we have all the teachers that come. And the feedback we get from both those age groups as well is like, oh, I've learned something today, I didn't know that, I'm going to change what I do due to what I've learned today. So absolutely, I think there is, you know, if we could do it somehow, but maybe through workplaces, if there's some way that we could um, get that sort of education out. Because I'm a bit like you, I was saying, I was sort of drove around the block when I was 15, got handed my licence from the local police officer and that was it. Um, so I think the system's definitely way better now with the graduated licensing system that we have. Um, students are way, way better prepared than we were, but uh, obviously, you know, there's a whole bunch of people like myself and yourself that are driving around with none of that extra training. We never, we've never received it. Yeah, mm. Nick Leggett. Um, I'm really impressed to hear, Maria, that the fact that you're not blaming this on one particular issue. It's a, you're really taking a whole of system approach. Um, the one thing I didn't hear you mention was uh, impairment. Um, you did mention fatigue, which of course contributes well, is impairment. But drugs and alcohol. You know, we've seen in fatal accidents that rise over the last few years, or perhaps just an improvement of information around. Drugs as a, as a as a factor in fatal accidents among those who are, who are driving at the time. And does this feature with young people as well? Do you see that as being a factor? Look, I definitely think in certain parts of the country that's more of a factor. But I feel like with young people, well, our research would sort of say they they're well aware of the risks of drugs and alcohol, and in towns and metros especially, they are better at planning than we were at their age. Mm. They'll get an Uber. They'll They'll have a plan. Yes. Um, I think probably it's more the Gen Xs that have yes. the issue with, <laughs> especially with alcohol and drink driving, because we oh. grew up in a culture of let's have one for the road, you know, all that sort of stuff. Which one for the road, gosh. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Uh, another thing that I found interesting, uh, Maria, um, in terms of uh, a lot of actually a staggering. 87% of students reported uh, that drivers were impatient with young people on the roads, that while displaying their L plates, they experienced um, negative behaviour. So that included tailgating, 70%, aggressive overtaking, 66%, and honking horns, 46%. Yeah, that's right. We did this survey out to our rider graduates um, just over the last last month just to get some feedback because it's sort of anecdotally we'd heard through from them that when they're learning to drive 
they can often feel quite intimidated because it is really scary. They've got a lot to think about just, just operating the car and then to have impatient drivers. You, you would think that the L plate would make people more aware and more patient, but in some cases I feel like it does the opposite. So you got your uh, driver's licence at 15, Nikki? I think I might have been 16, but yeah, I was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty, un, you know, like unprepared. And th- this is actually interesting, this tailgating and rudeness. I think that's part of those bad habits, you know. It does make it, when you see an L plate, it can make you feel more impatient. You're going, oh God, what's this person going to do wrong? When we should be thinking, I need to back off, I need to be more patient with this driver because they're learning. Fair enough. Fair enough, Nikki. Kia ora. All right. Very good, Maria. Thanks for being with us on the panel. Uh, that's Maria Lovelock there, Road Safety Education General Manager. Um, I, I had a friend who won the New Zealand Young Driver of the Year in the early 70s, run by the AA. That was such a good idea. That's not a bad idea, Nick Leggett. You could sponsor that. <laughs> oh, that's very generous of you, Wallace. Look, anything that, um, anything that I think improves skills, improves people's awareness on the roads is really important. And what we actually know that we didn't touch on is that fewer young people are actually getting their licences. Indeed. Um, that's because obviously people are living in cities, but... Um, we do want people to have licences because when they're driving because obviously it's the first entry and first sort of interaction with the justice system for a lot of young people and that's something we are working really hard to avoid in a lot of our communities. Um, so I think putting young drivers who are skillful on a pedestal is a really good way of um, you know, showing leadership and, 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 and you know, peer influence. Okay. Now, what are you talking about? You're talking about two things. Your budget wish lists are coming through and also what's great about Gore? Because um, we're sick of the negativity here on the panel. Uh, I mentioned two great things to come out of Gore, Mike Puru and Jenny Shipley, but there are more. Uh, I'll let you um, uh, text in on those. But here's one. Home to the best public art gallery in New Zealand, including the John Money Collection, which I know about. They've got a fantastic Ralph Hortity collection as well. In fact, there's one place I do want to go to. It's an understated arts capital of the country. Did you know that? Uh, Gore is very friendly, says another um, uh, you wouldn't believe it, but it is his person. And uh, your budget wish lists are coming through. Make New Zealand vegetarian, says one. <laughs> All right. And a universal basic income, says Claire. It's time for I've Been Thinking. Nikki Pazan, take it away. Yeah, I've been thinking about something that I have witnessed in the past week that I've never seen before. It's happened now three times, and last time it was today uh, to me when I've been in the supermarket around Auckland Central, and that is people stealing stuff, people walking out of the supermarket with stuff and just stealing. And um, it was very, it's been very confronting to see that. I've never seen that before. Um, the security people in the supermarkets don't have much power to detain people. I don't think they're allowed to. All they can do is sort of yell at them to come back and pay. But that didn't happen in the cases that I saw, and I wondered. Cheapest creepers. It's really, really. I, I've, I don't know. Is, I wondered if this is something that's happening everywhere. If it's happening more now. If it's something to do with whatever, what else is going on in society. I just don't know. I found it really, really odd. And the security guard who I talked to the second time it happened, I talked to the to the security guy afterwards, who told me that it's very common, and he had called the police three times that day. Um, and he's been told not to tr- chase the people or tackle the people or whatever, so they basically can just walk out with the things. There was nobody going, oi! Well, that's what they did, but that's all they can do. No one is chasing them, 
tackling them, stopping them from leaving the store. Um, yeah. I don't, it's just made me feel very uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Kia ora, Nikki. Thank you. Um, Nikki Bazant there. All right. Uh, Nick Leggett, I've been thinking. I've been thinking, unsurprisingly, about it's and it's budget. It's budget related, yeah. but it's about how New Zealand changes its mindset around how we invest in and build infrastructure. And with the budget tomorrow, of course, um, we are thinking about what we spend and the projects that are in the here and now. But there is a mind shift, a mindset shift required. Beyond political cycles and life cycles, it's about that pipeline of people, the funding and the scale of what New Zealand requires over the next several decades. I mean, we, we know we've got three water assets requiring billions of dollars worth of investment transport infrastructure for Auckland, lifelines for the regions hit by extreme weather, and we've got to adapt and build for climate change. And I just, I think we need to lift our sights where it comes to our, that long-term thinking and funding and the scale and the standard of what we build. Do we need some outside expertise to come in, uh, an international commission to set up here and go, uh, we've done it in our country, this is how you do it? Do you know, Wallace, I think that the New Zealand reaction to that would often be no but I would say that actually there are lots of lessons for us overseas and a, and, and part of our problem is you know we are do-it-yourselfers which is great yeah. but we think we've got to build a template for everything a unique template for everything and we don't there's a lot of learnings for us particularly in Australia but in other places as well where they've actually solved these problems or they're doing a job at selling these, solving these problems. Very good. Uh, someone says food prices are so high, Farno can't put Kai on the tables. It's no wonder that theft is on the rise. There is a lot to talk about on today's panel. Do stay with us right here on RNZ National with Nikki Bazant and Nick Leggett.